Welcome to the Reggie McNeil Podcast, where we explore what it means to seek God's kingdom here on earth. Join us on our journey to become more aware of and encouraged by God's work in and around us. Well, hey, gang, welcome today to the podcast. I've got a great guy you're going to love to hear from Greg Wigfield. You're going to be so glad that I know Greg by the time this podcast is over, just listening to his story and and what he's uh, up to. I met Greg three years ago. I can't believe that it's been three years, Greg, since yeah. uh, I came to your part of the world. Well, but we had a little you, pandemic in the middle of... Yeah, the I don't understand this whole thing, why people rescheduled life. I mean, so maybe we're coming out of the parentheses uh, of our lives right now. But, you know, it was three years ago. And at that point in time, you were pastoring a church, Destiny Church, right. there in uh, Northern Virginia. And will you just tell us, uh, tell us about that chapter of your life. But then I want to explore what God's been doing um you know, since then and, and, you know, before then and all that kind of stuff. So sure. say hello to our listeners. Well, hey, everybody, and uh, glad to be able to join you for this podcast. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i a businessman, and um, I decided one day, I, I just felt like God was speaking, me, speaking to me to do something different with my life. And so <clears throat> I... Um, through through just some prayer and time with my wife and reading Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Church book, I decided I'm going to plant a church. And I come from a family of, of pastors. My father and my grandfather uh, both were pastors and businessmen. And um, I thought, well, uh, how hard can that be? And uh, <laughs> wow, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. And um it's uh, it, we just completed um, 22 years of ministry. Um, <clears throat> we started the church uh, with a dozen people, and what year was uh, that? When did that you? That was in 1999. Okay, <laughs> our first service was on Halloween night. I didn't know anything, <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> so we yeah. started with that, and and um, <clears throat> it was it was fantastic. I, um, I. I, I don't think I'm an evangelist at heart, but I love to see people accept Christ. And so my desire with the church was to plant a church for people who wouldn't go to church. And yeah. it was a very unique approach. Uh, I took a lot of flack for it, uh, mostly because church people didn't want to be in that church. So, Which was uh, fine with you, because that's yeah, what it that was. was that wasn't your was target. Fine, yeah. fine with me. Uh, the tithing uh, took a few years to uh, catch on. Um, I had one guy, and I'll never forget this. He, he came to one of our introductory meetings as a, you know, to join the church. He said, I've been reading about this tithing thing and, uh, <laughs> wondered if he could start at 1%. And I'm like, Arnie, 1% is fine. Just you know, start somewhere. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, it was interesting. Um, my goal was to give this 20 years. And um, I, I had a professor years ago tell me, actually he's a life coach of mine, tell me that it takes 20 years to build something great. Mm. And so I, I committed 20 years. I was ready at year 19 uh, to see 20 come. And then COVID hit and I couldn't, I couldn't right. step down in the middle of that. You know, I had to shepherd 
our church through that. So uh, in March of this year, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in March of uh, 2021, uh, I uh, stepped down as the lead pastor. We're still, we're still in that church. We're still yeah. part of it. But um, I have some other things I need to do. And, well, and we, we want to get to those. I, I, yeah. I want to, uh, if I, but I, I can tell you just for our listeners, um, you were uh, quite successful. Tell us uh, where, t- I said Northern Virginia, be more specific for our folks yeah, there. Yeah, it's Leesburg. We're about right. 30, 30 minutes outside of D.C. D.C., yeah. A pretty, pretty well-heeled area, um, you know, and um you make the news for different things, but um, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> uh, we might get to that. Hopefully not. But uh, but the but I want to say that when I came, um, and that was in 2019. So you are uh, you are beginning to see uh, a horizon line then. But man, the energy in that church, and I I will say to this day, it's one of the youngest congregations that uh, your average age, you know, and, and that, uh, you know, that I, that I've ever spoken at and been a part of, and, and that just, uh, you, you were reaching younglings that, uh, you know, are not really um, tuned into a religious institutional expression. How, how did that happen? Um, I've asked myself that because I'm not, not all that young, uh, but the church kept getting younger. And I, I think, <laughs> Honestly, um, it had to do with my own kids. Uh, mm. We we took our, we had four children, two girls and then two boys. We took our kids with us on this journey, and um, the, I think the approach we took toward church uh, it wasn't some freaky thing that people no. couldn't relate to. It was. Right. You know, it was more unchurchy. I, I hate to use that word, but it's, I don't even think it is a word. But yeah, it ended up being that way. So our kids brought their friends, hmm. and um, and we put them to work. We put them in the band. We we put them in the nursery. That probably wasn't a good idea. Uh, we put them <laughs> anywhere that they wanted to go. And and in so many ways, our kids helped grow our church. Yeah. And it was real exciting to, to watch that happen. Well, now you came from a business background, uh, right. you said right up at the top of our podcast, but so what was your business? I mean, wh- what did you do? I started uh, in 1984, started um, an insurance agency. I had uh, I'd sold, sold insurance when I was in college and um then I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a banker who pastored a church. My grandfather was a painter and wallpaper hanger and pastored. He started actually uh, 12 churches. Wow. And so he was a church planter. And yeah. most of those are still going today. The average age is about 110 years old, uh, oh, wow. those yeah. folks, but they're still, wow. they're still out there. You probably have um, charter members still there. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> a few. Um, they, uh, but, but, but I, uh, so I, I grew up with this business thing. My mother was an accountant, you know, in the business world, worked for Chevron. And so I, um, I actually didn't plan to go into business, but th- some things happened in my life and I, I decided, okay, that's where I'm going. So I tried to take my ministry life with this experience I had with insurance and put the two together and create something. So 
we started out as an insurance agency that insured churches for their property and auto and workers comp and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, uh, it's that I think uh, we just crossed 37 years of doing that. We're in all 50 states uh, wow. in the United States and um, over 3000 clients. And, and it's just, it's been a great business. Um, yeah. And I, I love it. I, you know, I, I go to work there once or twice a week, maybe I've got a great team and, and they've just kind of taken off uh, with, with the business. Uh, but I, I say that because um, number one, it, it's a great business and I've got quite a few people uh, employed and, you know, they're doing well and we're blessing a lot of ministries and churches and nonprofits and, and whatnot across the country but it was also um, a financial uh, boon to me to allow me to begin thinking outside of the box related yeah. to church. So for instance, when I started our church, when I started Destiny, and all through the 22 years, I never accepted a dime from the church. I bought my own books. And you know, I, it was like, I didn't, you know, I right. there was no, no cost. Uh, there's some people probably thought I wasn't worth Pain, but it was uh, it was still fun and and that allowed us to to hire some young kids uh, yeah. on our staff and yeah. train them and teach them and let them do the stuff so uh, so that's that's that well let's talk about what's in front of you because I want our um, I want our listeners to be, because uh, and, and the reason that I really wanted them to hear I wanted someone who's a kingdom leader from a business perspective but saw ministry opportunity, but uh, now you're right back. Uh, I mean, you're, you're into something that's a uh, pretty large talk, talk to us about it. Well, um, yeah, I am. And let, let me just say that what, where I'm going and what I believe God's leading me toward came out of, I'm going to say eight years of frustration. Hmm. Um, I'm you know, I'm a very creative person, kind of emotional, but I'm also a pragmatist. And I, I look at things and I'm like, is this making sense? And and that was helpful in business. You know, are we spending money that we don't need to spend? Is this, is there a better way to do this? And you know that, and, um, and so the numbers in business worked, I got to the place and this is, you know, I'm only going to speak for me and my experience uh, and what I know about church today in the United States, and it's not an indicator that, you know, churches are bad or wrong or anything like that, but I'm telling you where I am. The numbers just stopped working for me. Mm. Um, we, you know, I love Rick Warren, and I, I, he, he discipled me in so many ways in ministry. He doesn't know that. Uh, met him twice, and um, but it, it was just what he did that was valuable right. to me. We started our church. The idea was let's make church something that people would come to when they'd never gone to church before. And we were we were pretty um, pretty successful at that. You know, we received right. they give out awards from Saddleback for that. And you know, we we got some of that and and we I think we did a fairly good job of taking unchurched people and turning them into disciples. 
But for us, and we're in the wealthiest county in the nation, it's kind of a weird place. And, you know, people don't need God because they have money and yeah. uh, until they, you know, don't, don't, things don't work so well. Um, I, I noticed that people weren't coming to our church anymore in terms of the church would never be good enough to get these people into the doors to turn yep. them into disciples. It just, it like, it just stopped. And it was, that was our experience. And the harder we worked at making it better, the less return we got for not just the dollar, but for the energy and effort and hard work and dreams and prayers. And, and so um, I just had to step back and say, this doesn't make any sense. And, and you know, it could have been me. Could have been what I was doing. No, Greg. Greg, this is going on across the whole nation, and a lot of folks are just were asleep to this. But yeah, I mean, the whole culture has shifted away from. Uh, you know, there's a, almost an allergic reaction to, you know, organized religious anything. And yeah, yeah, I you know, see and that. So it, it wasn't you. I mean, but a lot of folks. I remember talking to uh, a group of of Lutheran pastors, you know, uh, and I started, my first comment was to them, it's not your fault. And now, I mean, our listeners may think Lutherans are problematic, but uh, in this case, these are the pastors of the largest Lutheran church in the country. And I said, it's not your fault. Two of two of those pastors started crying. I mean, they yeah, were under so yeah. much pressure and guilt from thinking, what are we doing wrong here? But anyway, I just wanted yeah. to say, yeah. So I, so I don't know if I've ever told you this, Reggie, uh, I, I'm ter it's terrible if I haven't, but you, your books uh, just blew me away. And um, oh. it was, you know, I was in the height of frustration and I started reading uh, just your writings on the kingdom and listening to whatever you would say and heard you speak at several conferences and it was like pouring water into the desert and something starting to sprout. It was really yeah, powerful. Yeah. And I, I began um, probably a year of just studying Jesus and mm -hmm. what he was teaching and what he said. And, you know, he didn't teach about church. Uh, it was, it was really weird. I mean, I'm spending my whole life and all my energy on this thing that he didn't even teach on. It was about the kingdom. Yep. And I'm looking at what he said. And I, I, I went back to what my kids used to say when they were young, you know, it's opposite day, whatever I say, it's the opposite. And that's how I felt about reading what Jesus said, you know, mm. They say this, but I'm telling you this. And they say yeah. this, but I'm telling you this. And I, I'm like, okay, Jesus was like total opposite day. It was like yeah. everything he said was opposite of actually what I was doing. Uh -huh. So um, that, that just theologically and spiritually began to penetrate my heart. And then, you know, I met some people. I met you. I met mm -hmm. Hugh Halter, right? you know, and Rob Wagner and, and guys like this who, um, have actually gone through some difficult times yeah. because of thinking like this. Yeah. What, what I experienced as I began to vocalize some of what was in my heart really ticked people off. <laughs> and, and, um, I, I, and it was just, you know, can we not have a conversation right. about this? But, you know, when you are um, not talking so positively about the organizational church, you run into a wall. And, and so I decided not to let that 
fester in me and cause bitterness. Right. But I, I decided, you know, I only have one shot at this. Mm. Um, I'm going to give it everything I have uh, to see if I can't do something in the kingdom. And yeah. so, so what I'm about to say, what I, what I'm headed toward is, is something that um, I pretty much started on my own. Um, a few of you have come around me uh, to say you're not the only one thinking this way no. and you're not the only one taking these steps. So here's the here's bottom line. I, again, I'll come back to business with this. In our community and probably in many communities, but people don't believe it, only about four or five percent of people in our communities are Christ followers. Yeah. Now, more people go to church but th <laughs> right. that Christ follower number is probably around four to 5%. And I've got all kinds of resources that have helped me find those numbers. I don't have time to talk about that now, but I can provide that if needed. But the, the, the reality is that the, that we're not changing that number. Yeah. It, it's just not changing. Yeah. And then when you look at what Jesus did and what he was saying, he he gave us a lot of great pictures yep. and a lot of stories that would help us help lead us to this. And again, I looked at church and, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, church is supposed to be the tool, the hammer, the, the whatever. And we're looking at it like that's the end result. And a contractor doesn't go out and shine up his hammer all the time and never right. use it. You know, it's just, right. it's, it's a, and I'm like, this is not working. And so yeah, it, it, it was designed to be a means to an end, a meaning, correct. you know, a, a sign pointing people to the kingdom. Yep. And, but, but we just, we spent all, uh, we spent a lot of time polishing the sign. Uh, you right. know. <laughs> so I, so I'm like, okay, this makes no sense at any level financially. I mean, you know, you look at most church budgets, I'm going to suggest that we're running about 85% spending money on buildings and salaries. And if you try to tithe to missions, uh, that's another 10%. So you're about 5%, 6% that you're pouring into local ministry and leading people to Jesus as a terrible waste of, of funds. And especially when the process isn't working. So you, you back up a little bit and I began to ask the question, how can I connect with my community? Because yeah, that's a great question. That's the kingdom question right there. It is. And, and we weren't, I, we were in a subset a subculture of our community. And so, so I started, I was so stupid. I just, okay, I'm going to go to the coffee shop, <clears throat> see what happens. And uh, I've got four guys that I meet with um, every week, every Saturday. Uh, none of them are believers yet, uh, but we, we meet every week. We've been doing that for two and a half years. Um, they are, I picked the hard, hardest core uh, yeah. unbelievers I could find. <clears throat> and you know what? They love me. Yeah. And, and and you love we're them. Having, we're having conversations, and we we get to big issues, and they're always like, "Well, Greg, you got a you got a handle on this. Tell me about how do you feel about this, or you know, whatever whatever it is." And I began to realize I do love them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. our, our you know we my, my wife and I just went to one of their houses not too long ago and sat around and 
ate cake it was somebody's birthday and and we all just it was a cake fest and you know like i needed that but we had this wonderful time of of just friendship and right. they they feel like they need us yeah these and, aren't projects these are people yeah <laughs> yeah and, and one of them one couple of uh, total unitarians the other one's a atheist from norway uh the other one is uh, nothing from everywhere and 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 so i they ask me about jesus all the time i started to say but you're not having any trouble having god conversations and jesus Nothing. conversations it's actually easier with these folks. Than church people sometimes because yeah, yeah 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 i mean it's been my experience i've said a thousand only church people are nervous about having god conversations yeah uh, you know <laughs> because yep. we feel like well, we don't know a lot about that or, or, or else somehow we're being, you know, inappropriate. Are you kidding? This culture is still starving for, yeah. you know, we're, we're not Europe yet. We're not completely secular yet. There is still a spiritual hunger in America that if we wake up to, okay. So, and that's, that's the whole kingdom deal. So I'm, I'm watching our time here so that, so, so tell us this thing about, you know, the question well, how can I connect with the community? What's this led you to, to do or be part okay, of? Okay, so that was the fodder. Now I started thinking outside the box. How can I connect with people? Yeah. How am I gonna how am I gonna get to these people? And what does our city need? And that's that's a hard question when you're the wealthiest city in the world, basically, and in terms of per capita income and everything else. And our county grew exponentially. And in doing so, there were some things we didn't get because infrastructure just hasn't kept up with the growth. And, and so I have a piece of property that is sits right in the middle of the, of the town. Yeah. And uh, so I went to our mayor one day and, and I asked her, I said, Hey, what do we, what do we need? And she goes, well, you want me to tell you really what we need? And I said, yes, because we need a performing arts center. I'm like, have anything smaller? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, so, and she said, no. <laughs> how, about a fruit, how about a fruit vegetable stand? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but bottom line, and, and this, this will be, this is my thing that I'm going after right now. We've got 12 acres. And we are developing it totally for our city. So the first thing we did was we, we started a school. It's not a, quote, Christian school. It's a school of the arts. And we have about 250 kids in this school. It's a top-end school. And uh, so we were really um, excited about that. And how long has that school been going, Greg? Um, almost 10 years. Yeah. Okay. All right. And um, uh, we, uh, it, it's making money actually, which is crazy. But, uh, and, and people who have a lot of discretionary money put their kids in the school. Yeah. Well, that gives us 500 parents and I don't know, seven, 800 grandparents to be in connection with we're having concerts and i mean we we uh we were in the christmas parade this year in our city and won all the awards for our float and everything because these kids are blowing it away with you know wow. what they're doing um and everybody loves us and so my daughter runs, is, it, 
Is the school uh, elementary? It starts with uh, two-year-olds and goes through middle school. Through so middle it's eighth school. grade. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted the story. You no. say you're about your no, daughter. No, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. We, you know, it's, it's developed as we've been doing it. My daughter runs the school. And just to give you an idea of how we're invading the culture, um, all the teachers are there. They all know that this is not a Christian school, and we, we hire people who are qualified to teach. Uh, the leaders happen to be believers, yeah. and that was intentional. Right. And so my daughter, every Friday, has a meeting with all of the teachers and staff. It's, I don't know, 30, 30 people or so. And, um, and she said, look, we're going to uh, pray every Friday. And it, well, we're not going to infringe on anything. You know, right. you can close your eyes or not close your eyes or pray or not pray. But as a team, we're going to do this. And that went well. There weren't any great uprisings. And then uh, <laughs> people would come up and thank her. And if yeah. somebody had a real care, she'd pray out loud for them right. you know, in the meeting. So then she said, hey, uh, I know some awesome music you guys probably don't know. And I just want to teach you some songs. Well, these are artists. I mean, they can sing. Yeah. And so, so she started <laughs> teaching them worship songs. Wow. And, um, and they loved it. And <laughs> there's this one guy that works there. He's a, he's a devout atheist. And um, I can't remember the name of the song they were singing, but it was, it was a really powerful song. And, yeah. and he, he just stopped. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Wait a minute. And she didn't know what he was going to say. He says, he goes, I'm going to sing tenor on this. Can some of you uh, join me? And so they got some some people together going to sing the tenor line. So it ended up being three part harmony on this. And, and she said he had his hands in the air wow. crying while singing. And he doesn't even know what's going on. The guy's an atheist, right? Yeah. All right. It's, so we you look at that and, you know, God's doing something. Oh, yes. This is, this is I mean, God's kingdom is all God's always working. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so we're we're doing the micro church ideas. We're thinking, how is this going to you know really translate out? I'm building this uh, theater. Uh, it'll seat about 600 people, um, and we're gonna. It's going to be awesome. We're doing a. Uh, we've got a building that we're putting a culinary school in. Cool. Uh, totally nonprofit, teaching people uh, trades, uh, when they can't afford to go to the schools. I mean, we're, we're, we're taking yeah. 12 acres and turning it into a, a God place for his kingdom and church there looks totally different than anything yes. I've ever done. Yeah. It's, it's, it's church as culinary school. It's yes. church as performing arts center. It's church as, uh, you know, um, school restaurant the and, yeah, yeah the whole thing yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so I've, I've seen the property i've seen some of the development uh when it was there i mean uh this is about a ten thousand dollar project right <laughs> yeah that's what that's what the town charges me to come in and talk to them about it <laughs> yeah, no it's uh it's a multi-million dollar oh, deal but I, I'd so much rather be working on that than building a church building yeah. that yeah, yeah. sits there, you know, for most of the time. And, and it, you know, I'm having pastors call me right now and saying, Hey, what do we do with our building? Yeah. All right. I, I get this all the time. I, yeah. And I'm telling everyone I'm the same thing. 
you know, uh, figure out how you can serve the community with it. I mean, when we're in India, you know, they, they uh, with the group that I was there with, um, I mean, they build for the community and then figure out how the church can use it on Sunday. And, um, you know, and they call them life centers. Well, what you're doing there uh, is uh, you're building a community development, uh, you know, a life center right there in the yeah. middle of, and, and that's interesting because when people tell me, yeah, we don't have that many needs. We're in a wealthy place. I always think of you because the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, people with great wealth, uh, you know, their needs are anxiety and depression. And, yep. uh, you know, and the best thing you can do for them is give them something to do to help somebody else. And, you know, don't, I mean, so, I mean, don't give me this, you know, uh, I mean, it's tough for rich people to get the kingdom. I mean, it it, it, you know, you're not having to feed people with, in a soup kitchen, but you're trying to crack open a, like you say, folks that don't need God till they run out of their credit lines and, um, or their health lines, uh, where all the money in the world doesn't matter, uh, you know, cause they can't buy them off. <clears throat> so, well, well it just I'm, opened up a whole new world for us. I, yeah. I, um, to me, I've redefined church. Uh, there's a part of me that wishes that 22 years ago, I had seen this. However, I get to be part of the transition of hopefully taking as many people as possible with me on the journey. Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully we'll see, we'll see the change. I, you look at Jesus, he was always doing good Yeah. and, and, and always with sinners and, you know, except when he'd take a break to be with his disciples, he, he just interrupted a society and uh we have a nonprofit. um then it's a late it's i don't know it's happened in the last two years irs came out with this designation community development nonprofit, yeah. and and so we grabbed it and yeah. That, yeah. that was part of our our mission yeah. let's let's go do this well greg we are out of time and uh our listeners wish we weren't um and um but if someone wanted to follow up with you, and I know you're not you're you're busy or whatever, um, is is there something to look at somewhere or something to engage with and or to watch your journey? Not yet. Uh, I've tried to hide as much as possible after <laughs> pastoring for 22 years. Yeah. But seriously, if there's somebody that you know really wants to connect and just ask questions, because you know I this needs to happen. And honestly, I've been so blessed by you and others uh, that have come around me and said, Greg, you're not the only one thinking this way. Uh, I'll help anybody. So my email is wide open. It's greg, G-R-E-G, at gregwigfield.com. So that's G-R-E-G at G-R-E-G-W-I-G-F-I-E-L-D.com. And you are so fabulous to be generous with your time like that. And, but that's just who you are. Uh, and, and, you know, it's no wonder God would, uh, you know, use you to uh, help light the way, you know, what you're doing is you're turning church from a place into a verb. It's a way mm-hmm. of being, it's a way of engaging. It's, a, it's, it's a life. It's a, it, it's life as a mission trip. It's not, you know, uh, a bunch of uh, religious activities that all stack up and you say, oh, that's church. And, uh, and you're, you're helping us understand the kingdom. I love what uh, just 
you know, the two questions, what does the city need and how can I connect with people? Those are kingdom questions that I hope every one of our listeners, I don't care what your responsibility is, whether you're a church leader or a business leader or a school teacher, uh, you know, hospital administrator, you know, wherever it is God has you, you ask those two questions. Uh, you know, how do I connect with people and how do, what does this city need if you're in a position to do something about it? Hey, thanks for your time. Uh, man, you, bet, man. You, you jazz me every time we talk. <laughs> and um, I, I just I, I just look so I just so look forward to this new chapter in your life and what it's going to do for the people in your town and, and for your life. Yeah, just just to let you know, um, I'm using the same secret as the last time. I'm taking my kids with me. And uh, <laughs> so go. they're all they're all part of this. And yeah. uh, it's it's gonna be fun. I, I can't wait. And thank you so much, Reggie, for oh. the input uh in my life. It's it's been life-changing. Well, man, you're you're so worth it. It's so it's been so much fun. And uh, uh maybe we'll get to talk some more later. Sounds great. God bless. Thanks, Greg. 